0: I love you, Lord, so I want to be baptized And wash my sins away I love you, Lord, so I want to be baptized And then I can be saved I love you, Lord, so I want to be baptized With Jesus I'll be raised I love you, Lord, so I want to be baptized Giving God God the the praise And I'll be born water and the spirit, and I'll be born. been baptized. With Jesus, I've been raised. I love the Lord, so my friend, I've been baptized. Giving, giving God the praise, and I've been born. born again a child of god i am i love you friend. won't you come and be baptized and wash your sins away i love you friend won't you come and be baptized and then you can be saved i love you friend won't you come and be baptized with jesus you'll be raised I love you, friend. Won't you come and be baptized? Giving God God the praise, and you'll be born again. Born born of the Mother and the Spirit, and you'll be born again. Worship in the blood of the Lamb, and you'll be born again. Walking in a life of forgiveness, and you'll be born again. Yes, born again, obeying Christ the Lamb.
1: The word all is such a short word, just three little letters, yet it is extremely important. You know, imagine if you go to get your hair cut and you want it all cut, but yet the person who's cutting your hair only cuts part of it or leaves a big chunk somewhere. You know, it's kind of important that all of it gets cut, isn't it? Or perhaps it's time that uh, whenever uh, you are expecting to get your paycheck, after you've done your your work, you want all of your paycheck, don't you? And if you don't receive all of it, you might start asking questions. Well, why didn't I receive what I was supposed to receive in that case? All of what I was supposed to receive. I want us to take a look at 1 Timothy chapter 2 and see a few times that the word all is extremely important and what we can learn there in first Timothy chapter two verses one through seven I want to read it all together and then we'll take a look at a few different sections uh, as we look at the word all here so Timothy is being uh, written this letter by the apostle Paul Paul once again he's older by this time and he is passing on some of this uh, this knowledge to a younger Timothy to kind of continue on and carry the torch and take care of the necessary things uh, where Timothy is ministering to. So Paul writes here, I urge then first of all that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for Kings and all those in authority that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our savior who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This has now been witnessed to at the proper time, and for this purpose I was appointed a herald and an apostle. I am telling the truth, I am not lying, and a true and faithful teacher of the Gentiles. I want us to look at three times that the word all in this passage It's extremely important. We see in verse one, we see it again in verse four, and then we see it in verse six. We're gonna look at those three different times. First, we're going to see about the need to pray for all people. Then we're going to see that God wants all people to be saved, and finally, we will see that Jesus uh, gave his life as a ransom for all people. So let's look at those and uh, spend just a little bit of time on each one of those uh, together and and think about them and maybe even pray about these things. In first Timothy, Uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. I'm going to read these things again because I want us to, to really grasp what's being stated here. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior. So this passage here, now I've kind of just summarized that about praying for all people. Now, I mean, technically it does say, that petitions, prayers, intercession, intercession and thanksgiving. That's kind of a difficult phrase to say, isn't it? But all four of those things, uh, they deal with different types of prayers is what I would say. Those are those are four different ways in which we can pray. And if you want to kind of you know look at each one of those and kind of learn something about uh, what that means, uh, that could be a, a very good word study for you to do. We're not gonna focus too much on those things specifically. I'm just going to focus on the general idea about praying for all people and the importance of that now i want you to think about whenever you normally do pray for people how does that normally go you know if you are kind of like me so oftentimes you maybe even kind of start with your own things what you're dealing with and then you maybe kind of will start to to branch out a little bit to your family and then you know uh maybe even some of your extended family or maybe some of your church family and then it kind of goes even just a little bit bigger than that but you know uh, how much do we really kind of uh, start thinking about praying for the whole world at first? Now, we might get there eventually, but what is stated right here, actually, we see that these all of these different types of prayers should be made for all people. Verse 2 starts off, for kings and all those in authority. See, Paul is actually kind of encouraging Timothy to do the, the opposite of what we oftentimes do. We oftentimes look in, focus in, and kind of go out from there. But he's actually telling Timothy to go out first and come inward after that about those kings and those who are in authority now thankfully you know I've I've always lived in America um, it's it's a wonderful country there's so many blessings so many things that honestly I don't even know I've, I've not personally experienced much of the hardship uh, that a lot of other people throughout the world have had to deal with because Yes, depending on whoever the president is, you know, at any given time, yeah, there might be some things that you might disagree with that person or, or you know, kind of wish that, that, uh, that this politician would do this thing or that thing or whatever. And I, I don't want to get into any of those things because uh, those are kind of a side issue compared to what we're dealing with right here. You know, when you look at this idea about praying for kings and all those in authority, take, for example, during Paul's day. I mean, the the Christian community here, the Jewish community here lived in a time whenever Rome was the one who was in charge. And by the way, Rome was not as good of a place as what America is to live in. They had several different ways that they expected you to behave and things they expected you to do that was just a little different than um, the, the freedoms that we experience in America. And if they could be told... To focus on kings and those people who are in authority and praying for those people. I mean, can you imagine um, praying for the Roman emperor being kind of told that as a Christian? But yet God in his wisdom, that's exactly what he wants. He wants us as Christians, as uh, those of us who are faithful to God. He wants us to pray for those people who are in authority. You know the bible also tells us we're not going to go there um, together right now but in in Romans chapter 13 if you want to look at some of the things that uh, that God says about uh, the governing authorities and how they are established by God even Jesus himself whenever he spoke with Pilate he said you'd have no authority except what's already been given to you uh, by God is who he's talking about there so this idea of those people who are in authority they have been placed there by God and we need to be people who pray uh, for those who are kings and those people who are in authority. You know, I don't know exactly how, how long this video might be online, and I don't know how long people might even uh, come to, to access this video, but right now, there are places in the world, and I, I would I would just guess that there's always going to be some places in the world that they don't live in some of the peaceful situations that we do here in America, that they don't experience some of the same just kind of blessings and the freedoms, like what we have. There are some people who are just who are not ever uh, who who aren't even able to live like in their own homes right now because of war and different different difficulties and conflicts that are going on around the world right now. But we're still told this passage to pray for all people, for these kings, and all of those who are in authority. Now, if you keep reading this, you know, yes, it does talk about that we may live peaceful and quiet lives and godliness and holiness. I want you to think about that and think about the importance about us being able to live peaceful and quiet lives in our godliness and our holiness. This is very good and it pleases God, our Savior. I want to share with you um, a passage from the Old Testament to show you this is not just something new that that just kind of was invented for us as, as Christians. No, 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 It goes back long, long, long before um, you know Christ ever set foot on this earth. If we go back to the prophet Jeremiah, in Jeremiah's day, uh, the people of the Lord were going to be told, that, I mean, they were told that they're going to be going into exile. And in Jeremiah 29, uh, Jeremiah is a uh, approaching um, those who are going to be going into exile with a word from the Lord and this is what we read here in Jeremiah 29 verses 4 and 7. This is what the Lord Almighty the God of Israel says to all those carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon which by the way Babylon was not necessarily the greatest of places there was a lot of paganism and idolatry and just immorality that took place in there so people were being exiled from Jerusalem the place where God's name is supposed to rest. They're being carried to Babylon. Verse seven, also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. That is Babylon. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. This is what the exiles were told. They were told to pray. They were told to seek peace and prosperity of the city of Babylon, the place where they were going. Because if it prospers, then they are going to prosper as well. There's an interesting connection about uh, peacefulness in the world. And there's also a special connection there with those people who are in authority. And the call that God has given to us to pray for those who are in authority. So we are called to pray for all people. Let's go back to the passage in, in 1 Timothy again. Let's look together at the next all. In verses three and four, we read, this is good and pleases God our savior who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Now, this is uh, you know, a very important thing to recognize here because sometimes we might think that you know, God likes punishing people. I mean, sometimes people get that in their minds. They think that God likes to punish people, but he doesn't. Now, he does punish people sometimes. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. He does punish people sometimes. He punishes all of us at times. He disciplines all of us at times, doesn't he? But verse four, never forget this. God wants all people to be saved. That means the people who look and act like you and think like you. But that also means the people who don't look like you and who don't always act like you or think like you. God wants all people to be saved. By the way, if that's what God wants, shouldn't it also be what we want as well? Once again, I want to want to go to the Old Testament, uh, this time the prophet Ezekiel, which by the way, he's also um, kind of writing to the, the same types of people, those who are in exile, and they started maybe kind of thinking, well, maybe God likes to exile us, and maybe God likes to, to uh, cause problems in our lives, you know, from their perspective. But this is what Ezekiel says in chapter 18, verse 23. Do I take any pleasure in the death of the wicked, declares the Sovereign Lord? Rather, am I not pleased when they turn from their ways and live? And just in case that wasn't clear enough, which it was in a question format, wasn't it? Verse 32, for I take no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the Sovereign Lord, repent and live. Just in case you were wondering what the truth is, God doesn't take pleasure in the death of the wicked. He doesn't take pleasure in the death of of anyone right here. He is pleased whenever they turn from their wicked ways, when they repent and when they live. That's what God wants. Remember the famous John 3.16. Let's go there together. John 3.16 and verse 17. Listen to this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. God wants all people to be saved. And God made a way for all people to be saved. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. He sent his son into the world to save the world. He wants us to be saved through him. God wants all people to be saved. Now, this also kind of leads us to the next all of the passage from 1 Timothy 2. 1 Timothy 2, verse 6. We're going to look at verses 5 through 7 there. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This is now. Uh, this has now been witnessed at uh, two at the proper time and for this purpose I was appointed a herald and an apostle I am telling the truth I am NOT lying in a true and faithful teacher of the Gentiles we see in verse 6 that Jesus Christ this this man Christ Jesus he gave himself as a ransom for all people Jesus was was given gave himself as a ransom for all people now I want you to to think about what that means That means that that's who who God wants to be saved. He wants all people to be saved. We've already seen that. But now we see he's actually done everything that is necessary for all people to be saved. It's up to us to accept that ransom. It's up to us to accept that payment. Jesus Christ has already given his life as a ransom for all people. By what Jesus himself said. Let's take a look at a passage passage from Matthew chapter 20. In Matthew 20, um, Jesus is actually speaking to, um, not getting too much into the the context of this, but Jesus is speaking to 10 of the 12 apostles because they're kind of upset at the other two. And and Jesus is trying to to refocus them, reframe what they're thinking of here, what they are, are considering important. And in Matthew 20, Verses 25 through 28, this is what we read. Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many, the Son of Man, Jesus Christ Himself, He gave His life as ransom for many. God has done everything that He could possibly do to redeem us, to help us, to save us. And we see that even from that that passage and what Paul was was proclaiming. This has now been witnessed to at the proper time. We live in the time that that we know the, the full history. You know, even when Jesus was saying these words here in Matthew 20, his apostles, you know, the disciples, they probably didn't even understand fully what he was saying when he's speaking of the son of man. They knew he was the son of man, but giving his life as a ransom for many. What does that really mean? Now we look back at that and we see that happened through the cross. That is where Jesus gave his life as a ransom for us. That is where Jesus Christ has done everything for us. And now we can boldly proclaim this gospel message. This message is for all people. Going once again to 1 Timothy chapter 2, we see first that we are called to pray for all people. Let's try to do that. And I want you to actually think about it today. Maybe even write yourself a little note to, to remind yourself to pray for people. And maybe your prayers might change just a little bit as to who you pray for and how you pray. Whenever you can learn to actually pray for all people. Another all that's important in verse 4 is that God wants all to be saved. If God wants all to be saved, and that's something that we should also want as well. That we should desire for all people to be saved and verse 6 tells us that God doesn't just want all people to be saved God has done something so all people can be saved and what he has done he has sent his son Jesus just as John 3 16 said we've already read that we've looked at this we see in verse 6 that Christ Jesus gave himself as a ransom for all people the debt has been paid all is so important all of the debt has been paid all of your sins can be forgiven if you give all of your life to christ please consider doing that today and throughout the rest of your life